Leonard Fournette seals the deal in the Super Bowl playoff. Lenny looking like LSU Leonard Fournette. Love to see it. The only problem, Marcus, uh, didn't love to see it from a betting standpoint. We'll talk about that. Our Chiefs bet, unfortunately, going up in flames in the biggest way possible. Welcome in Game Day Podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, wherever you get your podcasts. Adam Kramer, Marcus Moser. So, Marcus, you it was like a mix, though. I, I, I make it sound somewhat negative because our Chiefs bet did not work out, obviously. Mm-hmm. But for you, prop bets, some, some successes in there based off the off-air conversations we just had. Yeah, we had a lot of success with the prop bets with Gronkowski to score a touchdown. Uh, we had some other defensive ones that worked out. There was a, a Will Roughing the Passer recalled in this game. There was late in the game. Uh, but our big bet, the Chiefs minus three, did not hit. And Adam, it, you knew about 10 minutes into the game that it wasn't going to hit, right? It's just when you saw the offensive tackles that the Chiefs put out there, you just knew, oh boy, here we go. It's it's going to be too much for Mahomes to overcome. And it was. It, it's really unfortunate. I, I was just going to say it. Like, there was no drama surrounding this. You always have hope. Right. So obviously yeah. our promo, yeah. Dan Welter gets picked. We're, we're, we're the momentum Sunday, Marcus, like internet momentum. We're getting ready. He's got his chief shirt shirt on. We're cheat. We're tweeting at each other. We're getting ready free 5k bet. And it went up and it, it, it just didn't have a shot. Like you said, five, seven, 10 minutes. And we've watched enough football where the offensive line was like a, a swinging gate. Um, mm-hmm. And I mean, Mahomes did like, especially now we, we learned the turf toe getting surgery. He's going to be out multiple months for he was elusive he had some i thought he played well i really throws. do i mean the, the numbers weren't great but he i thought he played well yeah, they did not help him out much at all nobody no. helped him out um and and he tried but i i think it's hard to have anything uh but that that takeaway to start you know marks my other major takeaway and i forget who said this on twitter but we we, we obsess so much with tom brady when you actually stop hmm. and look at that tampa bay roster like that's a pretty crazy roster. Like Devin White, they've drafted well, they've signed well, they've developed well. Offense, defense, like there's players all over the place there. Yeah, there's really no big holes anywhere on that roster. And all they needed was Brady to come in and be solid game in and game out. And that's what he did. And that's why they're ultimately the Super Bowl champions, despite a pretty slow start. Adam, my big takeaway from this playoffs was not a great playoffs. Like we didn't have a single game through the entire playoffs that had a fourth quarter lead change. That's the first time in NFL history. We never had a fourth quarter lead change in the playoffs. So not great football, but ultimately I feel like the best team probably did win in the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. My big takeaway is that fat guy dropping the touchdown generated an (laughs) all world response from me. My kids thought I, I, again, this is not a, a, positive lesson in parenting i'm very comfortably sitting there watching the game knowing that we're not going to win our bet i'm looking for a spark i don't know who that man was with those very soft bear hands yeah and it's right there and it gets tipped i my reaction was not one my kids uh were expecting it was not one i expected to uncork that was a low point for me marcus of of a series of low points in the super bowl was that yeah, I got to say that that was one of my big bets as well. And it's a great story. As as that's happening, as Brady's dropping back to throw that ball uh, to the offensive lineman, I'm holding my newborn daughter in my arms 
and I scream because I think I, I win this bet. And then it's another scream after the ball hits the ground. She's crying. My wife is yelling at me. She's crying now too. And all three of us are crying because we just lost our big bet. You know, you knew after he dropped that pass that there was no chance there was going to be another offensive lineman uh, touchdown through the rest of the game. So we talked about uh, it on uh, the pod. That was the yeah. play with all these plays. It, play. it was, it was there. You saw him break yeah. open. He's just standing there completely awkward, ready to catch this ball. He's got a moment to grab this thing and bring it in. It was not a smooth catch and then knocked out. Like of all the losses I endured in that Super Bowl. That was definitely the most gut-wrenching because there's something about a 300-pound man catching a <laughs> touchdown that's more than just a financial gain, right? This, this yeah. would have been like a, yeah. like a win for all the believers of, of big men out there. And we, oh, that summed it up. That was a, that was yeah, a low And then it, it just, it, it hurt the following play. They had a fourth and goal from the what, two-yard line. I thought that was a potential Tom Brady quarterback sneak that could hit the yes. over on rushing yards. And that didn't even happen, so... Uh, thank you, Joel Hag, or whatever your offensive lineman name is. I, uh, that was such a, I mean, that, that guy, <laughs> man, that cost this podcast some bucks in, in a series of, of costs. All right. I guess, um, you know, before, and we'll talk a little bit about futures where we can kind of, I think, pull both of these teams forward a little bit. But just, I, I think the resounding, I, again, bitter Jets fan here, but I do have to just say what Brady has done and to win this way after being 75, 75 is, is just amazing. Like it, it, I, I am yeah. at some point, the bad throws against Green Bay, the interceptions, the games this year where it looked like it was falling apart. Um, I, I'm sort of in awe. I have to say, Marcus, to distance myself from our losing bet and from our fat lineman dropping the ball, I was able to actually appreciate Brady's greatness a bit differently as a Jets fan, like mm-hmm. away from the Patriots. And even Gronk with two touchdowns. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, yeah. it is, it, this was like a pipe dream that this would work. And it actually did. And that's pretty spectacular. And what was fantastic is as soon as the game is over, he's up on the podium uh, holding his MVP trophy. And he says, Hey, I'm coming back. We're running it back. There's no doubt in his mind. He it, it's been pretty clear that for his entire career that he's wanted to play until he's at least 45 years old. And now as a Cowboy fan who might not have a quarterback next year, Adam, I'm starting to think, Tom Brady, age of 45, come save the Cowboys. How about your next your next job? Come come save us. <laughs> Look, man, I've been looking for a quarterback my whole life. It is agonizing. Wouldn't that be well, fantastic? No, but you have a, a Bucks team that has been lifetime losers. Uh, more, yeah. And to, to inject this kind of infusion of energy, I mean, it, it's, it really is incredible, I, I have to say. Yep. And actually, he's become so much more likable. Like it, whether it's a, a press conference, whether it's like deep admiration for defensive players, like on the field, I thought there was, I don't know, man, like it's a guy that, that actually has really gotten pretty savvy with social media. Whoever's running his account has done a great job too. Like it is very interesting to see this second half of Tom Brady actually become like this super likable dude that has three hall of fame careers. Yeah. I, I don't think it, I think it's because he doesn't take himself so seriously Agreed. anymore. Right. Like, 10 years ago, he's not posting these videos on Twitter and making fun of himself and doing these T-Mobile commercials. He's just not doing it. I think he's in a different stage of his career now. And I think he likes this being a little bit looser and being a little bit more fun in Tampa Bay. And 
I think it's a lot easier to root for him. This I way. agree. And getting him off the Patriots helps me personally. That, that was immediately <laughs> more likable. So, all right. So we lose our promo bet, Mr. Welter. I'm sorry. Like beers on the pod when we can do that thing. Yes, See absolutely. In person. We'll, we'll, we'll get another crack at this. We are not done. We're just, you know, down for, for the moment. All right. Let's talk a little bit now, uh, a quick looking ahead. Now, look, there's so much going on when it comes to this pod, we're going to get into free agency and draft and we'll talk about futures betting, but we kind of want to do a snapshot uh, uh, sort of like the a quick approach of all these things going on with trades, with um, all the movement. And of, of course, there's a future frenzy right now. So let's talk a little cash or trash, our early edition here. Marcus, um, this one is kind of interesting. We're already, the season is a couple days old and we're thinking about who's going to get fired next. Uh, and so I'm going to throw some odds for you. We've got Vic Fangio at five to one to be the first coach fired, the favorite, followed by Matt Nagy at six to one and Zimmer at eight to one. So I think I know where you're going after our director's cut conversation with this. And I think we may be going the same way, but where are you going with that bet? Yeah, I think it's Matt Nagy. Uh, They don't have the quarterback situation solved. They're going to try to do something this off season. Uh, They're probably going to lose Allen Robinson in free agency. There's just a not, not a lot on that offense that has us inspired and they're behind green bay they're a distant second at best in that in that division i don't see how Nagy makes it through the season i think there's a good chance depending the way on the way the schedule you know works out that they start out rough and they fire Nagy, and it's bill laser's job for the rest of the season and the chicago bears are in the court or in the the head coaching market next year uh, those naggy odds are cash, man. I, I'm just, I get, I get the vibe yeah, here. Yeah. There's people that are unhappy already. You meant you got quarterback shuffling. You've got the GM here. I don't see how it ends particularly well. I mean, Fangio's situation is is not particularly great either, frankly. No, but he hasn't been there exactly. as long. So that's the thing is it's still fairly new. I think this is his third year in Denver. He'll get the season. I think they're going to give him a I, I think he'll get the season to figure it out and you figure out what yeah, what, what Drew Locke is. So, um, but yeah, Nagy, I, I think that's going to be, uh, a, yeah, it's not going to be good. It's going to be. Is there a dark horse guy that you consider, you know, potentially getting fired? Well, in the NFL, I feel like it's so different now, right? I was thinking about that a little bit earlier. There's been so much. There's been so much uh, like churning though that it, these feel to me like legitimate candidates, unless I'm missing somebody. In terms of true what about firing, like um, well, what about like Zach Taylor? In that Cincinnati, could be right if, if they get off to a really slow start with Joe Burrow coming back, they're going to have a bunch of weapons on offense, probably a top five pick on the offensive line. If this is a team that starts one and four, one and five, and they're behind, you know, Cincinnati or excuse me, Cleveland, Pittsburgh and Baltimore, maybe, but Cincinnati is a fairly cheap organization. They don't want to fire a guy. So I think Taylor is interesting. Um, And that's really the only other one that comes. I was thinking the non-firing one, like a Belichick leaving, right. Or somebody, you know, beyond the firing, what other departures could be out there? Right. It, 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 you yeah. know, what fit that mold, but it's a little bit different. Cause I do think ultimately we could see some movement, but I, I think the favorites um, in this part uh, make a lot of sense. Frankly, I, I think ultimately I one of those guys is going to cash. All right. Cash or trash Marcus chiefs plus 500 to win the super bowl next year. Plus 500 plus six, right around there. Right. So one of the co-favorites. So they were what a D Ford offside penalty away from being in three straight Super Bowls. They have Patrick Mahomes. They have Andy Reid. 
The rest of the AFC is good, but I don't think there's anybody on their level. I think they're pro- what probably even odds to get back to the Super yeah. Bowl next year. So it, I, plus five hundred, I say I think that's pretty good value, Adam. I'm I'm good All with right, that. So cash for you, cash for me. I, look, you know, Mahomes is going to get his foot worked on. They're going to address the O line. They're going to get guys back mm-hmm. healthy. They still have crazy weapons. I the NFL is tough. Like you're, you're a, a, a bad step away from your season changing, of course, for everybody. Correct. So part of this feels a little tiger versus the field ish. Doesn't it like have a kind of a vibe, but, but the difference is they they've shown they can win. Even if Patrick Mahomes is out, right. They they've won with Chad Henney and Matt Moore before they beat the Cleveland Browns with, you know, uh, with Henny playing in the, in the entire second half. So even if Mahomes is gone for a four or five game stretch, I just trust Andy Reid that they're going to stay above water. So they can, they're one of the few teams in the league that I think can survive a quarterback injury and still advance. It the ain't playoffs. trash. Like that's the thing. I may not be no. lining up to bet it, but it, how can you say it's trash? I mean, look at this team. And no, look, I exactly. mean, the line will get healthy, which was, you know, um, I am curious. I, I, I think Pat Mahomes referenced this. If they, if we just saw a blueprint of how to beat this team, here's a part about that, Marcus. Like, okay, the blueprint is get after the quarterback and have like an, an un- unbelievable, like all-time defensive game called with great players all over the field. Like this ain't. I love that argument. Like, yeah. oh, here's the blueprint. Well, no, no and then blame. have a Tom Brady on the yeah, other, like, and have a Tom Brady on the other side of the field that can put up thirty points in any yeah. game. Yeah, it's just it's not it's, it's going to be hard. And listen, Tampa Bay is a team that has a bunch of free agents coming up. It seems very very unlikely they're going to have a better roster. So I think the Chiefs are just far more likely to get to the Super Bowl than Tampa Bay, and that's why I love their odds at plus five hundred. Right, well, perfect timing. Segway alert: Packers and Bucks. Both plus 450 to win the NFC. Which one is cash and which one is trash? I'm riding with Green Bay. I really think this is going to be the last great run that the Packers have. I've been saying it on this podcast for a couple of weeks now, Adam. I think this is the year that Green Bay is going to invest in their weapons. They're going to surround Aaron Rodgers with talent. I think Rodgers is going to make one more run in Green Bay and then potentially move on somewhere else, whether that's via trade, whether that's a release. I, I just feel like this is his last run in Green Bay, and I can see them pretty easily getting back to the NFC Championship game for a third straight year and then finally getting over the I'm hump. with you, man. I, we, this is going to be a Green Bay-heavy podcast for the months ahead, I think. I, I'm good yeah, me that. too. Yes. I'm, I'm, I'm riding it, and I think you're right. There is an urgency and – a difference, I think, in mentality, hopefully for Green Bay, which drafted a quarterback last year. Of course, you think about this team, they they should have been in that spot. In fact, you could make an argument Absolutely. like that that very well could have been and should have been a Super Bowl team, not to take away anything from what Tampa did. But that was the kind of team they had. It feels like a missed opportunity. I'm curious what we get out of the Bucs. I mean, this was lightning in a bottle, but this is still a roster that's super talented. I love, mm-hmm. and I know you do too, Marcus, these young defensive players you know Devin White mm-hmm. Winfield Wirfs Vita Vea I mean yep. they've they've these are home run draft picks over the last couple of years surrounded by veterans and you're right we'll be interested to see what they do in terms of free agency but again not not necessarily a bad pick either but if in terms of cash I, I'm with you on Green Bay um, Patrick Mahomes plus 500 to win the MVP next year cash or trash I'll start first actually because I, I don't want to put you on the spot all the time I think it's cash. I think this team's going to be mad. I yeah. think his foot is going to be repaired. The offensive line will be better. Kind of like the Chiefs. 
who are you going to go and advocate for over Mahomes? Like out of the jump, you want to do Josh Allen and say that he's going to run back his season. Hey, maybe. And good luck with that. I, I think for the foreseeable future, I'm going to take Mahomes. And if somebody doesn't want to do that, at least while there's roster is currently constructed the way it is, which should still be excellent. And I'm going to feel okay about that. Even if there's not a lot of value there. So do you like Mahomes to win the MVP better than the Chiefs to win the Super Bowl? Ooh. Because I think I do. I, I think I, I like the too. MVP five to I one. I do too. That's a great question. But yes, I'm riding with you there. Yeah, I just think again, Mahomes, they're gonna come back with some 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 vengeance here. He's gonna be healthy. They're gonna have all their weapons back. They're going to fix the offensive line. Eric Fisher should be back in time. They're going to put up a bunch of points and they're going to put up a bunch of numbers. I, I just think he's a lock to get 40 touchdowns and close to 5,000 passing yards. And there's so few quarterbacks in the league that can do that. So at five to one, heck yeah, I'll put some money on Mahomes. Why not? I, it's probably, again, it's like a new car. Like you take a car off the lot and it's like the, yeah. the value is going to go down. Mahomes is going to put up 375 and three touchdowns in week one. And you may never see five to one again. And we'll, yeah, we'll <laughs> like, be back down to plus 200. Exactly. Yep. That's the way it goes. So it'll, again, it's a, it's a, it's a unique award. It's a momentum award. You look at Rogers this year when Mahomes looked like the guy again, next seven, eight years. I think I know where I'm going until otherwise. Mm-hmm. I think that's the way to do it. All right. Uh, speaking of uh, quarterbacks, kind of the opposite discussion with Mahomes, no shade intentional for Taysom Hill, but Taysom Hill, that's immediate shade. Actually. I don't know what I'm saying. Taysom Hill. <laughs> you say you're using that word quarterback, yeah, that quarterback you were uh, very loosely yeah, here, but okay. okay. There's even more shade Taysom Hill plus plus one fifteen to be the saints starting QB in week one cash or trash. Trash. I don't think Sean Payton wants to use Taysom Hill as a full-time quarterback, whether it's, you know, maybe if they bring James Winston back and he's a starter, maybe Teddy Bridgewater, who the Panthers might move on from, who obviously is familiar with Sean Payton. Maybe he's a starter. I just don't see any way that Hill is the opening day starter. He's going to have a role. He might have a couple spot starts here or there, but I just don't envision him being Sean Payton's guy to rebuild the Saints. It should be trash. I'm going to say trash, but Sean Payton's ego is what has me a little reluctant here. That Payton's going to go into this and say, yes, I'm going to create this bulldozer offense. You can't, you can't do this though, Marcus. Like there's too many Correct. good pieces on this team. Their window is still open. That defense is really good. I dude, play Jameis, like play Jameis in there. And I think you got a much better, crack. but they got to resign Jameis. That's but, the thing is this is a team that is snow cap. They're going to like $90 million over the cap. So they got to sign Jameis and Adam, there's a bunch of teams out there that could use Jameis. Absolutely. So I, I don't know if New Orleans is going to have the uh, the cap space to even retain it's, him. It's an interesting position, though, because if you're a quarterback, regardless of the finances, like that's a place you want to go potentially yeah. on a one year deal yeah. to 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 make your to increase your value because you are surrounded by weapons. I'm sorry that you just can't. Taysom Hill can't be the guy. Like no, Taysom can do a lot of things, and good for him, by the way. All right, good for him for turning into this career where he made himself a lot of money. That that's not going to work over the course of a full season. Can I give you another hypothetical? I want you to, to pick who is more likely to be their team starting quarterback, Mitchell Trubisky with the Bears or Taysom Hill with the Saints? Um, boy, based off of the chatter, um, I'd say that's about a coin flip. Although I'd probably yeah, like I'd probably go Mitch. I'd probably go Mitch. Although I, I that's a great question. Where would you go on that? 
I would probably go Taysom Hill because I just don't feel like there's any way Chicago can go back into this season with Nagy and Trubisky and expect things to change. Isn't there a, there a quote about doing the same thing over and over as the definition of insanity? It's the Bears, man. You just can't. Yeah, the, the Bears. That's that's all we need to say. That is the you Bears. You know, and Mitch played reasonably well over the end. I mean, this is where we're trending. If you're going to bring back Nagy and you're going to bring back Pace. You can't, you, can't, you can't bring back that whole nucleus and expect it to be better, especially if they lose Allen Robinson. There's just no you know way. What? I'd love to see Mitch with New Orleans um, and, and with Peyton. I, I actually think that would be an interesting fit. Like, But that's the kind of situation, and we'll get into it momentarily. It's going to be like quarterback roulette here where we're just moving guys around. Of, of guys that are capable, but not necessarily in great demand, non Deshaun Watson division, right. of course. Right. Um, so there's right. a lot of movement there. All right. Speaking of, let's talk current events. There's a lot going on, man. The NFL seriously <laughs> is becoming the NBA. And that is a good thing. I love it. In terms of news and rumors, how much of it is legitimate? How much is it? I don't know. This one, I don't necessarily buy uh, at all, but legitimacy to the Russell Wilson rumors it, we've seen this pour out over across social media over the last few days that Russ wants more protection. He's been sacked a lot, of course. And then he even commented on it earlier today, basically acknowledging like, hey, give me a say in this. I want some say. So can you even speculate, Marcus, where he could go? Or do, do we just stop that there and say this is going to, you know, he made his point and that's that. Yeah, I don't think he's going anywhere, but I think he is pulling one of these power plays like, hey, Seattle ownership. If you don't protect me this year, I could start to do the Deshaun Watson thing and potentially leave. So I think he's he's setting the groundwork for potentially an exit down the road, but it's not happening this year. There's just no way. They're still in a championship window. I think he still wants to be in Seattle. I think that, that team is set up well for him, but they've got to fix the offensive line. They've got to be more creative on offense. And if things don't change, I think 2022 is when we start potentially talking about Russ leaving, but not this season. You know, I got to be honest, as a Russell Wilson fantasy owner, they've surrounded him. The offensive line could be better, but they've put some talent around him. Like Russ, Russ did not play yeah. well, the, like the second half of the year. Correct. Like, so while I understand Deshaun Watson's angst, this one is a little bit strange to me. Yes, the offensive line needs it, – it's just – it's followed him wherever. It could be better. They right. weren't horrific this year. It's not like it was a couple of years ago, at least in my opinion. Sure, um, I so agree. I, I do think this one feels a little bit different. They're not going to trade him. He's trying to inject himself. No. What I am curious, though, if you think this, Marcus, because this is, this is how it went in the NBA. Someone made a demand. Those demands were met. And all of a sudden, you've got superstar pairing. So – like Deshaun Watson's situation kind of feels like a moment. What the Texans do, um, you know, ultimately time will tell. They don't want to listen to deals, but we'll see. But in, with him, like, does it feel like that's going to open up doors where these, we're having more of these types of conversations? Yeah, we are officially in the player empowerment era in the NFL. And I love it. I think I it's too. great for the sport to get this much turnover uh, and this much change. It makes the offseason a ton of fun. I think this is a special circumstance though, Adam, because he just signed a long-term yes. deal last off season, right? So to, to move out in one year requires some, some pretty bad things to happen. And obviously the Deandre Hopkins thing, which happened before the extension, let's make sure that's clear, but Bill O'Brien tanking that team, Jack Esterby yes. rising up to power in a game of Thrones like fashion. Uh, and then you've got Carl McNair, who Deshaun Watson has never seen eye to eye with the Texans owner. 
it's just a really bad situation. There's really no future there with no, no first round picks over the next couple of years. I don't think we're going to get, we're, we're going to see franchise quarterbacks moving around in their peaks and in their primes like this all that often. But if one domino like this happens, you, you never know. Just be careful what you wish for, man. Like you're going to go to the jets. <laughs> you could end up in yeah, the Texans. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's the other thing is like in his situation, the grass probably uh, wouldn't be greener, but I, well, and here's the other thing, Adam, it, where Watson's different than some of these other quarterbacks is he's one of the few in the entire league that has a no trade yes. clause. So it's not like the Texans can say, hey, Deshaun, we're going to trade you to such and such bad team and you're going to have to live with it. He can say, no, nah, I'm good. I'll, I'll, I'll just sit out. Me, and it's different. It is different. I'll take either of them on the Jets, by the way. If you were, if you were curious, <laughs> I wanted to make sure to get sure. that out there. All right. Speaking of actually a guy we take on the Jets, Patrick Peterson. Marcus, give me um, – three places that if that he could end up i mean i i've just been enamored with this guy his talent for a long long time and i know you have as mm-hmm. well so realistically you know where do you think he's playing come next fall i think the raiders are the most logical spot but i'm going to be curious to see what his market is because i'm not sure adam that he's a full-time cornerback anymore uh, what, one of the things that made him special was elite athleticism. Yep. And I think that's deteriorated a little bit over the last couple of years. I'm curious to see if teams view him maybe as a safety. Now he's got this big body. Maybe he's going to be the next Charles Woodson, this corner that transitions to safety, play a little bit of free, a little bit of strong. And if that's the case, I can see a bunch of teams being interested in him, including the new England Patriots, maybe the Buffalo bills, uh, but I think ultimately he's going to end up with the what Raiders. Do you think a co- what do you think a cost for somebody like that is, right? I mean, that's probably a little bit harder. And I feel like that's all out of whack right now because the quarterback frenzy that's going on, like the yeah. our calculators are breaking. So what what it would be a logist, like a legitimate asking, you know, to praise for a guy like that? Yeah, so the salary cap dropping to likely 181, 181 million is going to affect this as well. And I think you're going to have to pay a little bit of a legacy price here because he's an eight-time Pro Bowl yeah, totally. cornerback. So I'm thinking like a one-year deal worth eight to ten million. Uh, maybe it's a two-year deal worth twenty-one, twenty-two. You know, to stretch that that cost out a little bit, but around ten million dollars per year. All right, from from a veteran cornerback to the quarterback that is really kind of stealing the news cycle, at least unless uh, Russ interjects even more. Carson Wentz. Um, I'm just saying before the pod came on, you talked a little bit about having some, some tidbits here, some morsels. So sure. why don't you start with that? And then let's talk landing spots for Carson Wentz, because the leaks on this are absolutely amazing and hysterical. Yeah. So, I mean, Nick Sirianni, the new Eagles head coach was of the belief that when he took that job, he was going to be coaching Carson Wentz. And over the last week, things have changed and it seems very likely that the Eagles are going to be moving him. Uh, the Philadelphia organization has either done a great or terrible job of trying to drum up media, or tr- drum up interest in the media. Uh, we've seen, I, was it Saturday night? There was just every beat reporter was out there saying that, you know, the Eagles might get two first round picks for Karsten Wentz. That's not the case. I think they're looking for anybody to take on his salary. And if they can get a first round pick, that would be great. I do think ultimately he's going to end up in Indianapolis, maybe for a second round pick. The bears are obviously in this. So are the 49ers. Uh, it's a team to keep an eye on, but I think ultimately the Colts are going to land Carson Wentz. Um, so people know, right. When you're seeing this stuff reported as strangely as it is, 
this is by design. This information yes. that's getting yes. out, your favorite local reporter isn't scooptacular in nature. Okay. He in a lot of these instances, he's being or she is being handed a scoop that they are told to put out there in order to, the to, to generate interest. Yes. Just Correct. so you know, when because your this one in particular has been wild to, to wrap your arms around, has it not? In terms of Tariq Cohen yes. and Monster Deal. I mean, some of the um, superlatives that have been talked about this are hilarious, especially for a guy with a monster contract like this. Um, you're seeing who's taking the bait. That's all I'm saying, right? Like right. you can tell. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's the Eagles are trying to create a market. They're trying to create a trade trade frenzy because teams haven't been calling and they want teams to call and they're trying to figure out a way uh, to get wins off their books. And here's the thing, Adam, they know they have to do it sooner rather than later because on March 5th, uh, or excuse me, the fifth day of the new league yes. year, his contract is guaranteed for the entire 2021 season. So they're trying to get this deal done as quick as possible so they can get into the quarterback market, whether it's trading up in the draft, whether it's going out and trying to get a Deshaun Watson or maybe a Kirk Cousins or Jimmy Garoppolo. They're trying to get this done as soon as possible so they can move on and get to their next quarterback. Right, so Indy, Chicago, San Fran. San Fran would be the best place for him. I still think Chicago is, is going to be in there. I don't know, but you like Indy. So we'll see what happens. But San Fran, I think is, a, if you're, if you're Carson, that's where you want to be, obviously. For Is that an upgrade though for the 49ers? Cause I, I don't get it. I, I, I would rather just hold on to Garoppolo at that point. Uh, I would agree. Yeah. I'm not necessarily advocating. I think in terms of Carson yeah. specifically, that would give you the best chance to reclaim whatever ability you have in there. So no, I'm not, if I'm Sam Fran, I, I'm, I'm going to look at the draft. I'm going to look at other options uh, than this deal. Sure. Um, Kirk cousins, you'd mentioned him briefly latest on him. And what are some landing spots for Kirk? I don't know if there's a quarterback Marcus that I, um, whose value changes week to week, drop back to drop <laughs> back more than this. Right. So, but that yeah. being said, um, if he got in the right spot, not that he's been in a bad spot. I, I think it would be interesting to see what you get. It's not quite Stafford in this situation, mm -hmm. but I think it could be like that. So what are three spots uh, that ultimately he could go to? Yeah, I think obviously Minnesota is the most likely to yep. him just staying there. He's got two really re good receivers. He's played well over the last couple of years. I, I see, I feel like it's very unlikely that he gets out of Minnesota, but if he does, the one spot that does make a lot of sense is the 49ers put him with Ch Kyle Shanahan in a play action uh, RPO zone stretch offense. I think he could be fa fantastic there. And then if you really, really want to get wild yes, and you're I looking do. for a spot, Miami's interesting because Ooh. you could put him there. And I think he's, it gives you at least a baseline of quarterback play. They would need to change their offense up, up a little bit. They've got the, the cap space and the resources to do that. If they just want the game manager type and the lean on their defense, I think Miami could potentially do it. But again, Minnesota, Gap, 49ers, massive gap, and then the Dolphins. Right, I'm going to throw one real quick one at you. We did not talk about Deshaun Watson. The vibe seems like they're not going to try and move him. Yes or no right now is Deshaun on the Texans to start next year? No, J-E-T-S, oh, yes. Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> no, I still want to believe. I just, they're going to dig their heels in. I want to, I want to believe as we get into draft season and everything else. So do I. We we need Deshaun Watson in the green. Oh my we gosh. need. Him. Just think how obnoxious I'll be. I just more than usual. 
the podcast is going to be so much fun if that happens. We need it. Come on, oh, Sean. Man, I can't wait. We need a new mascot with Rivers gone. So uh, <laughs> when we come back, we will talk to Teddy, Teddy Greenstein of PointsBet. Um, new over there, guy I've read for a long time at the Chicago Tribune. We'll talk Super Bowl. We'll talk futures and more. Be right back. Very happy to welcome to the podcast uh, a, a local, well, not currently local, but a local guy I've read for many, many years, Teddy Greenstein, formerly of the Chicago Tribune, now the senior editor at Point Bet. Teddy, welcome. First of all, uh, we were talking off air. I think one of the most interesting things before we dive into the Super Bowl, before we dive into futures, is like your move into sports gambling. This is a gambling podcast. Look, man, again, I, I read you locally forever. You've covered the sports teams here for a long, long time and then make the move to points bet. So uh, a radical change, maybe one that would have seen yeah. possible like five years ago, right? So what went into that move? Yeah, Adam, uh, good to be with you guys today. Uh, I got to thank the Supreme Court every day. Um, <laughs> it was the 2018 ruling, I believe, that allowed states to legalize sports betting. And as crappy as our governors have historically been in Illinois, they all end up in prison. I think I have to credit Pritzker a little bit here because Illinois is one of the first few states to allow mobile sports wagering. And that's the key. Like more than 20 states allow sports betting, but a lot of them, like New York, you have to physically be in a sports book. And Illinois is obviously not one of them. So points bet, um, there was a story pitch uh, before football season. Hey, do you want to write? Uh, about Devin Hester break the news that he's going to be points bets face of Chicago and I said absolutely like I'm the guy who in high school was nicknamed the bookie because I was running our NFL pool and I've always loved the topic of sports betting and um, for the last several years for the Tribune I was uh, prognosticating every Big Ten football game against the spread so I love this stuff so I met these guys we got to talking and by the end of the first you know, session together, we said, Hey, let's, let's find a job for you. And I said, uh, yeah, I think I'd like to make that happen. That's awesome. Well, welcome in. And it's been fun to, it's fun getting that viewpoint that you have on the sports component coupled with sports betting. And really it's about educating gamblers too, right? I mean, that's yes. a big part of what you do. Um, which I guess can be harder around the Super Bowl because the landscape changes, <laughs> the net gets a lot bigger and, and look, you've got a vantage point from a, a book now I guess, what were your overall perspectives? How did you guys do um, just your, your over-the-top kind of drone view of Super Bowl betting from a points bet standpoint? Yeah, Adam, we uh, absolutely crushed it uh, at points bet, and I think all books did really, really well. You know, the line was the Chiefs minus three, and I was so curious kind of why we didn't move that up to, say, three and a half or four, because 90% of the money we got in terms of spread betting was on the Chiefs. Now, we did take a little more money line action on the Bucks, But, you know, before I got into this business, I thought the whole goal of the sports books was to set a line and adjust the line to get that 50-50 action where you are guaranteed to make a profit. And it turns out that is not true. Our guys set a line where they think we are going to end up being the most profitable. And there are games like this almost every week in the NFL where we got 87% of the money on one side. 82% of the money here, you know, 79% on the over. And we sometimes adjust the lines and sometimes we don't and give our traders credit. I mean, they clearly thought Tampa was the play and the book did great because, you know, Tampa covered the line and it was the under in a perfect world. It would have been the chiefs winning by one or two. <laughs> so the Tampa money line would not have hit, 
but I think her guys are not getting that greedy. They're, uh, they're just happy with the result. Eddie, can I ask you a question about the regular season? Because we saw uh, it was so weird this year with home field advantage. Uh, it really didn't matter that much in the regular season. How did you guys, you know, handle that at points bet? Marcus, I think we were considering it, you know, a one point edge in most okay. cases. Maybe it was like one and a half if there were fans there. Um, you know, we'd factor in weather sometimes, I'm sure, like with with the Packers or, you know, if the Bears were any good, maybe weather would have mattered. But uh, most games <laughs> it didn't. So that was a little bit of an adjustment. And I think I remember from the season, just looking at the overall numbers, the favorites did well this year. So the favorites, you know, it was maybe 52 or 53 percent which doesn't bode well for the books, but clearly uh, postseason made up for it. And especially this Super Bowl also made up for last year's Super Bowl where there was heavy action on the Chiefs as well. And obviously they rallied to beat the 49ers. So getting now to the, the core of, you mentioned the Super Bowl. Prop betting is, it, we spent like an hour on it last week. Teddy, you've probably yeah. spent God knows how many hours thinking, writing, <laughs> talking about him over the last couple of weeks. Right. I'll start with a few. There was like some, some hot button ones, the anthem. Right. This guy ruining uh, everybody's over under anthem bets by just standing outside the stadium and recording it. So take me into your side, because I think it's funny. You, you've got people that are scrambling to whatever book they choose, getting in a bet from the, the book side or from your side. What were the what was that yeah. moment like in terms of adjusting, taking it down, et cetera? Well, this one, I know somebody bet ten thousand dollars on points bet that the opening kickoff would not be returned for a touchdown. And it was an unusual bet because it was $10,000 to win 200. I said, man, talk about a hard grind when you're grinding out the rent money on that one, 10K <laughs> to win 200, but it obviously paid off. So props to the guy, probably had to st stress it out for a second or two, but pretty good. You know, three prominent props uh, that points bet and probably the other books did well on was the Tom Brady over under on uh, a half a rushing yard. The vast majority of people had the over, maybe including me, and that obviously didn't hit. This podcast as well. Hart. Yeah, this, this entire yeah. podcast, yeah. yep. Yeah, and he had a chance, right? I mean, he could have plunged <laughs> it in from the one and didn't. Um, Nicole Hardman, 25 and a half receiving yards. We were getting a lot of play on the over. Mm. That one ended up under. Ryan Sukup to miss a field goal. For some reason, the Sharps all thought he would miss a field goal. That didn't happen. Uh, we did take a little bit of a ding on uh, Gronk, two touchdowns. One guy bet $1,000 and got 11 to 1 odds. But in general, it doesn't sound like we uh, we got torched on, uh, on many props. Uh, the one that I'm sure you made good money on is an offensive lineman to, to catch a touchdown. And I just want to let you guys know, you were about this close to losing that bet. It'd be that... I'm still a little bit. What a breakup. That's oh, my God. Exactly. That was I mean, that was one where I, I'm like, oh, it's a touchdown. It's done. That looked over. The other one that I, I think a lot of people were throwing money down on was uh, more than two point five players to uh, make a pass to attempt to pass. There was, you know, some sense that there was going to be a little trickeration involved. So it seems like a lot of the fun ones did not hit. I feel terrible for the people who had the honey badger making an interception because oh. I think that still should have been an interception. I didn't like that defensive hold there, but uh, yeah, a lot of the, the fun ones just didn't hit this year. So Teddy, we were talking a little bit before we came on about the quote unquote, this stuff goes viral. Now we talk about educating gamblers, but the, yeah. the streaker, so to speak, 
um, in a very Florida-like outfit on the field. <laughs> Kevin Harlan with a great call of that, by the way, if you have not heard it. It goes on there. And then there's this rumor jumping that, hey, this guy betted uh, $50,000 at plus 750. And I read this stuff yeah. and I just cringe and set us straight, set everyone straight, because you could probably set them straight that we can about what is what is realistic when it comes to this stuff versus what people read. Yeah, Adam, I had about 12 people send me whatever that was, Instagram post. And uh, I immediately said, BS, man, there's no way. I mean, maybe that bet exists somewhere about a streaker, but I, they probably would max it out at $50, not $50,000. I mean, there's no bookmaker in his right mind who's going to allow to, himself to be manipulated that way where you can physically jump on and win, you know, hundreds of thousands of dollars by being a freaking idiot. So um, I think it's telling that when you look at this post, there's no mention of, you know, which sports book it was. People just accepted it. And uh, I put it on Twitter yesterday. Yesterday, I said, it's a big steaming pile of poo because uh, I don't think there's any way it's possible. It turns out one of these guys or both of these guys is a Chicago area dude. He's like from Cicero. He's a 16 inch softball player. I know we'll find that really hard to believe. So <laughs> I know a lot uh, of I those guys, Teddy, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I love softball too, but I definitely don't, you know, run on the football stadiums and then claim I made uh, 350 K. So I think this guy's uh, should enjoy his moment of glory, but uh, I don't think that's going to help get him out of jail or whatever, whatever, you know, hot water he's in. It was the most exciting play of the game, by the way. <laughs> he did have one nice juke move. Yeah, just, just <laughs> uh, let's let's look ahead, right? It's it, it, the afterglow of the Super Bowl, you know, Mahomes, everything else. Um, however, that transpired, it sounds like Brady is coming back. Uh, it sounds like Gronk mm. is staying unretired in the most Gronk way possible to say he's going to continue to play football still. So we, we talked a little bit about kind of the futures earlier. Um, what have been some of the early reactions, right? You put out these numbers, people overreact, they appropriately react and they grab things out there. So yeah. from a future market standpoint to win the Super Bowl, what have been some of the responses? Yeah. I mean, I haven't seen movement in these lines, which tells me that they were set accordingly. Um, you know, sometimes you see that you see like a quick move. I think the sharps tend to, jump in very early or very late is how they do, mm -hmm. uh, you know, it's how they make their moves. They look for a soft line right when it comes out. And then if they don't like something, they wait for the public to move it a certain way. And then they jump in and take the opposite. So, uh, you know, we opened up with the chiefs at plus 600, six to one Packers at nine Ravens bills and bucks at 12 to one followed by the Rams at 14. You know, it's interesting with this stuff. It's kind of like, there are two guessing games here. There's the guessing game of which team's going to win the Super Bowl and the guessing game of who's going to be the quarterback on such and such team. So, um, you know, that's up in the air for a lot of these teams. I mean, my beloved New York Jets, let's see, you can get them at 85 to one right now. I mean, maybe Zach Wilson is going to be leading them to a Super Bowl title next year. I forgot I have company finally, Teddy, as a Jets fan myself on this. That's actually yes. warming. We can't let Marcus uh, knock us around here uh, for too long because there's been enough of that on this pod. Mm -hmm. I guess I'll, I'll ask one more relative to the future odds. Like you're seeing yeah. the NBAization of the NFL in some ways with trades, mm -hmm. right? right? Kind of trades that radically impact these odds, whether it's, you know, Detroit and LA, you've yeah. got Arnold out there, you've got other guys out there, car on the move. So I don't yeah. know, you guys can't really prepare for that, but I would imagine these will radically change 
your lives here in a moment's notice when you get that news on uh, on social media. Well, there was what Kevin Durant a few weeks ago when he gets moved. What did the Nets go from? Did they go from like eight to one to you know three and a half to one? I think they went oh, from hard. plus yeah, eight hundred yeah, yeah. to plus uh, James Harden. Yeah, yep. right. Oh, I'm sorry. Exactly when, when Harden moved to the Nets, and I thought it was actually pretty cool. Like points bet offered, I think a 24 or 48 hour freeze on that, so you could still grab the Nets at you know six or eight to one, whatever it was before the move. I'm just looking at another one here because it's uh, just what we're talking about. Next team, Carson Wentz will play a snap for. Chicago Bears are plus 115. Oh, boy. Mm. The Col- I know. Is that the good news or the bad news? Probably the bad news. <laughs> um, Indianapolis Colts are plus 135. Uh, Jets are plus 2,500. So Carson Wentz is not expected to be a Jet. So, yeah, all these quarterback moves – Certainly not Wentz so much because uh, he's not going to lead anybody to a Super Bowl next year. But uh, if some of the big boys, um, if Deshaun Watson gets moved, wow, that'll uh, flip things. Teddy, I got a quick question. A a lot of people are excited about the NFL draft. I know you guys have some NFL draft draft prop bets out now. The number one pick is going to be Trevor Lawrence. But when can better start to expect some of those bets to start coming on the board? Such a great question, Marcus. I was wondering the same because exactly right now, I mean, I don't think we're taking too much action. I don't think we're taking too much action on Trey Lance being the number one pick on the draft at uh, at (laughs) plus 5,500. God bless him. So I would hope, you know, at least two, three, four weeks out. Um, Wish I could tell you now, maybe it'll be sooner. I I mean, I'm thinking about how our traders, um, I'm trying to get in their mindset right now. Like they don't like to do it too soon. So they don't like to do it before the combine or before these big events that move stuff. Like sometimes I'll be trying to propose a name a bet and I'll say, you know, Phil Mickelson's birdies on Thursday versus uh, Kyrie Irving's three pointers. But Kyrie still has a game with the Nets on Tuesday. So they say, no, 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 we don't want to price it until, you know, that game is his next game. So I think with something like this, they're obviously comfortable with the whole who's going to be the number one pick, but then they want to see more information before they start to get into those massive props we're going to have on two, three, four, five, all that stuff. It's going to be a bit of a mess too, right? The combine is going to be different. The information access is going to be different. I mean, uh, the traditional betting 40 times, which is Marcus, yeah. I know a pastime of yours. Money and mine. Maker. Yeah. yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's going to be different. So it's, it'll be fascinating to see. Well, we'll have to check it out. Teddy, uh, you know, thanks again, man. Teddy Greenstein from PointsBet, senior editor there. We will have to connect uh, as we get closer to the draft, as we get to through free agency mm-hmm. and other things to check in. Uh, appreciate you jumping on, man. Enjoyed it, guys. Let's do it again. Have a great one. All right, you too. Thanks, Teddy. Thanks, Teddy. All right, when we come back, we wrap things up, talk about our future betting and more. Appreciate Teddy stopping by. I'm sure we'll pick his brain on futures in the future. Marcus, um, draft betting, by the way, uh, very excited for that. Is that is that so something that you've dug into uh, before we wrap up? Is that something you've really sunk into here the last few years? Yeah, so combine betting when we had the 40s, that was about the easiest money you could make. You could get some pretty accurate times from uh, the people on campus and stuff, but with no combine, not going to have that. But I like I, I like the future prop betting for the NFL draft because it's kind of like a stock market, right? You can buy these guys when their values are really low. And you're hoping as the draft gets closer, uh, it's becoming more and more likely that they become top 10 picks and all that kind of stuff. So 
you don't make a ton of money, but it's 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 more fun just to do it. So yes, I, I absolutely love it. All right. Well, this I love this new segment because this allows us to expand. We call it our future, which is our look at betting outside of per, perhaps the football scope. So I will um I will go first. I gave out uh, Matsuyama last week for my golf bet for the waste management. That was a dud. Um, awesome tournament, by the way. That was a lot of fun yes, as yes. a pre-Super Bowl uh, appetizer. I'm going to give out another one. It's kind of a weird tournament this week at Pebble Beach. A lot of guys dropping out. I think there's actually great value in this field, Marcus. I don't know if you've seen, but you've got all sorts of movement. Max Homa, 40 to 1. The guy's played really well. Yeah. Obviously, he's a, a, I love him on Twitter because he's, he's got personality unlike one of these golfing cyborgs. Sign me up for the 40 to 1 odds. Ricky, a 45 to 1? That's my guy, I Ricky. Know, that's yeah. kind of, I, I saw that too, and I thought about you. So I, I'll take those two guys. Um, yeah, we got all sorts of stuff. We got motorsports. We got uh, we've got a UFC main event. So what? A great yeah, card. We do. Yeah. Um, I had a rough UFC card week, by the way. Oh, it yeah. was rough. That was it was a rough for a lot. That of people. was rough. Yeah. Um, I was just all over. I was trying different bets, stoppages, and different things like that. Not not very good. So it's all right. We'll get back back off this night. Who do you like this week? So I don't love any long shots bet long shot bets this week. I, I I'm really just going to have a nice relaxing weekend. So I want to have a, a, a golfer just to root for on Thursday and Friday. I like Jordan Spieth to just make the cut minus two fifty. Again, odds aren't great, but just put a couple dollars on it to keep your rooting interest. Uh, I think he's gonna I think he's gonna play really well. So Jordan Spieth minus two fifty make the cut at Pebble it was Beach. torturous watching his ball roll into the water. When it yeah, I, I love I, that dude, man. I want him to win. So do I. Um, his he's getting it back. Like I feel like it's slowly coming back. Um, I don't know if we'll ever see the same guy again, but gotta see the putting get. We better. gotta see yep. that, man. It looks like he is just his own worst enemy. Any feel on the UFC card? Again, we we got a big one here. So any any underdogs or anything yet? I haven't really dove too big into the main event i gotta do some research this week but you like anything on the ufc card yet or you still gotta do some digging <sighs> there's some value on some of the undercard stuff but to be honest adam I- i'm probably not gonna bet too much on ufc this weekend because i just want to enjoy it I-, I it's too stressful for me but like a couple of weeks ago when conor mcgregor was fighting uh that was a really a stressful event where i lost this this card it's it's really good I just want to sit back and enjoy it. So I probably won't be betting on the main events too much. I, I won't either. That Conor McGregor was a turning point for me, man. I had Chandler. Things were going well. And then since then, I'm going to blame the Chiefs loss. It's just been – I got to get the momentum back, man. I need a future – Usman is uh, minus 278. So that's a little interesting. I mean – but again, I we've got some really good UFC fights coming up here in oh, March. Amanda Nunes is coming back. I'm going to save the bankroll a little bit till we get further into the uh, Usman, UFC is, Usman's a tough guy to bet against too. He's just wrestling style yes. and everything else. I think you'll see more of that, but it'll be fun. I can't wait. Actually. Like you said, I just, I like watching it. So, um, you know, for us, a reminder guys, our debates, our different discussions, get involved, check it out for the podcast. Um, you know, we'll have more things to get the community involved when it comes to promos and hopefully go better than our chiefs bet did. Uh, and a reminder, check out the game uh, for all of the affiliates prices to do some shopping there. Uh, Marcus, any final uh, thoughts here as we wrap up the football season, we get into the off season, which could be very busy. No, it's just a fantastic football season. Thank you guys so much for following along. Uh, we've got a ton of NBA content out right now at the game day. So make sure you're checking that out every day. We've got prop bets. We've got our favorite DFS picks. So make sure you guys are 
uh, tuning in for that. I can't wait. I, I, I'm excited for that. I'm excited to lean into some other sports too, but also free agency draft. Like that's our sweet yes. spot, man. Like that's a, it's it, gonna it be is. busy. It's gonna be very busy here. So even though the season is done, we are gonna have a ton of content for you guys. So be sure to stay tuned. So for Marcus, uh, myself, thank you again to Teddy for joining us. We will talk to you guys next week. Yeah.